Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the USA? With more than 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. I have their trees and plants at my home, and they're fantastic. Have you had your fair share of landscaping woes and wasted weekends at crowded nurseries? Finding fast-growing trees will be like stumbling upon a hidden treasure, believe me. With fast-growing trees, it's different. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And my audience can get an extra 15% off by using promo code BILL at checkout. So please go to FastGrowingTrees.com. Use promo code BILL at checkout. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Hey, Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News for Monday, May 22nd, 2023. Stand up for your country. Well, 17 years ago, I can't believe it really that long. I released a book called Culture Warrior, 2006. And um, it was a huge bestseller. And what I did in that book was I laid out the two opposing sides that were emerging in America the traditional conservative side, which essentially believes America is a noble nation, doesn't need a total overhaul, and the progressive liberal side, which wants to do away with most of what America was built upon, like capitalism. Okay, so I wrote the book, and a lot of people read the book, and it was the number one bestseller and all of that. Well, about 80% of what I wrote in Culture Warriors come true. But I, even I couldn't envision the latest culture war situation. I had no clue this was going to happen, and that is the subject of the Talking Points memo. It's the trans madness. Now, let me, I have to walk this through because it's historically based, 
Okay. So on August 17, 2008, Barack Obama was running for president. He was a senator from Illinois. You'll remember. And he sat for an interview about gay marriage. Roll it. I believe that marriage uh, is the union between a man and a woman. Now, for me as a Christian, for me... For me as a Christian, it's also a sacred union. Okay, four years later, Barack Obama's president. He's running again. Roll the tape. At a certain point, I've just concluded that um, for me personally, it is important for me to go ahead and affirm that uh, I think same-sex couples should be able to get married. Big turning point. All right, so the President of the United States endorsing gay marriage. Now, this is my personal belief. I don't think most Americans care if homosexuals get married. I don't. At the time, I said I wasn't adamantly opposed to gay marriage, but I didn't understand why it was necessary if you could legalize civil unions. You have all the state benefits in a civil union contract you have in marriage. That was my stance back then. And I still hold to that, but I don't care. Okay, if gay couples want to get married, that's not my business. And I hope everybody in America pursues happiness and finds it. So that's my take. But off this, then we had the push by the progressive left once Joe Biden was elected. Okay, now this didn't happen under Trump. Now we have people changing genders. And again, to me, if you're an adult and you want to go from Bruce to Tammy, go ahead. All right? You have the freedom to do that. I don't care. But minors, children, no. Society must protect them. Enter trans madness. So you know about it. Um, Alabama, Louisiana, Texas all have laws, new laws, saying you're under 18, you can't change your gender in our state. Florida was the first, Governor DeSantis. And I'll read you what the law says in the Sunshine State. Quote, prohibit sex reassignment prescriptions, those are drugs, hormonal drugs, and procedures for patients younger than 18 years of age. You cannot do that in Florida. Requires department to immediately suspend the license of a healthcare practitioner who is arrested for committing or attempting, soliciting or conspiring to commit specified violation related to sex assignment prescriptions or procedures for a younger patient than 18 years. So it's a criminal offense to a gender transition for people under the age of 18, children. Child is defined as that up until the age of 18 in this country. Now, the far left hates that, hates DeSantis, um, thinks that, I guess, 10-year-olds, 12, can, should be able to change their gender if the parent says it's okay. Remember, there are parents who give their children illegal narcotics. There are parents who do that. I mean, you know, there are a lot of parents who are emotionally disturbed. 
And the state has a right to protect children. So if you are under 18 or under 21, you can't drink alcohol in America. You can't buy it. Can't buy cigarettes, tobacco, chewing tobacco. You can't rent a car in most places unless you're 18 years old. Child marriage. It's illegal in Delaware, Massachusetts, Minnesota, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, and Rhode Island. Okay? So you can't do it even if mom and dad want their 17-year-old to get married. He can't in those states. And you can't buy booze and you can't buy um, tobacco. But you can change your gender if you're under 18? No. Don't make any sense at all. It's a public health issue. Then we get into the schooling where there are progressive teachers that are encouraging children to change their gender. So Florida's outlawed that. Other states will. Other states have. So there is a battle. Where's Biden on this? You don't hear a peep out of him, do you? Mr. Catholic. Yeah, okay. And I hate to be that. I hate to be that judgmental, but between the abortion thing and this thing, I mean, come on, Joe. You you really... You know, so um, this is a war, a battle for the soul of American children. Again, let me recap so I don't want anybody to be confused by this. If you are an adult over 21 and you want to change your gender and you have the money to do that, go ahead. I don't want to pay for it. Don't put it on the Medicaid, Medicare tab. Okay, I don't want to pay for that. But if you have the money, you want to pay for it, you go ahead. I don't care. Okay, pursue happiness. You're an American. Under 21, and and most of these laws are under 18. But if I'm a parent, anyway, it's insane. But that's a progressive left. They're insane. Because if if a child changes their gender... Children evolve intellectually. So, you know, they change their gender at 15. At 25, they might want to be a man or a woman or whatever they started out with. You know, these are immature minds. And the progressives, they basically want no rules at all. They want, you know, use your drugs. Go ahead. Do whatever you want. No rules, no cops, no enforcement, libertine, Lord of the Flies, anarchy. Yeah, it's what this crew wants. And that's a memo. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been delivering on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices of America's greatest heroes. Heroes who put their lives on the line to protect our country and our communities. Heroes like Bristol, Connecticut Police Sergeant Dustin DeMonte. After responding to a domestic violence incident, he sustained fatal gunshot wounds. He left behind his expectant wife and two children. Thanks to the generosity of people like you, Tunnel to Towers paid the mortgage on the DeMonte family home, lifting a financial burden. As his loved ones mourned the decorated officer's loss, they welcomed a miracle, the child he would never get to meet. So many families need your help. Please help America's heroes and their young families. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good in their honor. 95 cents out of every dollar you donate goes to their programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Sorting through your expenses, estimated payments, and all those tax deductions can be overwhelming. Might even lead to a failure to file. 
and failure to pay penalties that pile up on your tax debt. The attorneys at Tax Network USA have been lifesavers for many Americans. Their team has successfully saved clients more than $1 billion in tax debt. A billion. Whether you're in the hole for $10,000 or $10 million, they are ready to help. The expert attorneys and tax professionals at Tax Network USA are equipped to secure the best settlement for you and help you resolve all tax cases. So please go to taxnetworkusa.com bill, or you can call 1-800-245-6000. These debt relief programs are expected to change, so get started now. Please go to taxnetworkusa.com bill, or you can call 1-800-245-6000. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Now, the Los Angeles Dodgers, this is a serious situation ranking up there with Bud Light. So on June 16th, the Dodgers have LGBTQ plus night, pride night, before and after their game. Okay, fine. I don't care. Doesn't matter to me. If I were in L.A. and I wanted to see the game, I would go to the game. I don't care if they're pride, proud, whatever. No problem with me. However, as part of that exposition, the L.A. Dodgers were going to honor a group called the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Who are they? Well, in the year 2007, two of these loons went into a cathedral in San Francisco and received the Eucharist in drag. Now, that's a sacrilege, an absolute sacrilege, and they mocked it. These, are in, these people are in business to mock and demean the Catholic Church and all Christian sects, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Okay? So, they're going to get honored by the L.A. Dodgers? These people? No. So thousands of Catholics, once they heard about this, besieged the Los Angeles Dodgers with emails and letters and, and all of that. And the Dodgers canceled honoring the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. But how on earth could they get there in the first place? They're idiots. It's just like the Bud Light thing. It's worse than the Bud Light thing. The trans person who was selling Bud Light didn't invade a Catholic church trying to demean all Christians. This is worse. So L.A. Dodgers, and I have some friends in that organization. I'm, I'm putting you on a hiatus now. For me, that's awful what you did. Awful. Spit in the eye of the Catholic Church and all Christians. Spit right in their face by doing this. And the fact that you canceled it under pressure means nothing. Boy, am I angry about that. All right, let's go to politics. So Biden and uh, Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy meeting at 530 about... The, the debt. <laughs> now, 
the debt ceiling will be raised and spending will be slowed down a little. That's what the outcome of this is going to be. You heard it here first. Biden cannot afford this, okay? Because in the 26 months he's been in office, the federal debt has increased $4 trillion. He's spending more than any other president ever spent on a proportional level. World War II was close because we had to fight two fronts. But Biden is a wild, irresponsible spender and doesn't want to cut any of it. Not even the Michelle Obama jogging trail in Georgia, which is more than a million dollars. Don't want no, no cuts. Spend, spend, spend. And the Republicans are saying, we'll raise the debt ceiling so the federal government can meet its obligations, but you're going to cut the spending down which is a sane thing, and I'm not a Republican kind of guy, but that's sane. No, but Biden will have to cave. Why will he have to cave? Because the new poll, Gallup, 2,326 respondents, okay? Question number one, have recent price increases caused any financial hardship for you? Yes, 61%, okay? Yes, severe 15% added up 76% said they're getting hurt by the Biden inflation, 76%. So he throws more inflation into the mix if he doesn't make a deal. Stock market goes south, prices go up. If he doesn't, the debt ceiling doesn't, uh, doesn't have a deal, all that'll happen. Biden can't afford it. Democrats can't afford it. Okay. We will uh, be proven right, I believe, on this. Phony migrant story. So last week, in the midst of the border chaos, there are migrants going everywhere, all over the place. Local cities can't afford it. They've got to put them up in hotels. They've got to feed them, health care, education, you name it. Okay, they're all over, millions and millions of people. So a report comes out by some kind of shadowy group that says a group of veterans in Westchester upstate New York, was tossed out of a facility so migrants could live there. I saw the story and I went, I never heard of this group. What is this? And my producers came back with, we, we can't find anything. I said, all right, we're going to ignore the story. But Fox News and other conservative outlets did not ignore it. We'll tape they know the veterans they're helping are on the precipice of turning their life around. Wow. And these are American citizens who have paid taxes, and even if they're not in a good place right now, will one day. We don't know that, that the people they're putting in their place will ever even become citizens or contributing members of our society. Okay, so that went on, like, for two days. And now the story's bogus. Never happened. No vets were ever evicted. So, to me... Again, I'm not in business to disparage other news operations unless they're hurting you. All right. And I saw this story. It took me 10 seconds to say, is there any, I assigned somebody to look into it. I would never do it. Would never do it. But the ideologues in the media on the right and the left, they'll do any state. I don't care. And now they had to all apologize. Ridiculous. 
CBS poll on the border, uh, 2,188 adults. Question, do you think the current situation with migrants at the U.S.-Mexico border is a crisis? 38%. Very serious problem. 33%. Somewhat serious problem. 22%. So 93% of Americans say, yeah, it's a problem. Some say it's a crisis, some say not a crisis, but it's a problem. Okay, second question. Do you approve or disapprove of the way Biden is handling matters concerning the border? Approve 37, disapprove 63. So you can see on every front, economics, border, overseas, Biden is just drowning. Okay, and he should. So uh, yesterday in Japan, Zelensky president of Ukraine, shows up at the G7. He was invited um, because the G7 is supporting Zelensky's fight against Putin. So at that G7, Biden apparently promises uh, to send Zelensky $375 million more in aid, including ammunition, artillery, armored vehicles. Okay, so $375 million more. We're into, you know, $40, $50 billion, I think. Um, now, the F-16s, this is murky. So America has not said we're going to send USA F-16s to Ukraine. They have not said that. They say F-16s may arrive, but maybe not from us. It's murky. Now, I said in the beginning they should not be giving Zelensky offensive weapons where he can go in and bomb Russia itself. Because if that happens, that gives Putin the justification to blow the living hell out of Ukraine using nuke weapons. Once the Ukrainians have an F-16 going in and bombing Russian cities, Putin could move. Okay? So, you're going to send them, then you have to say... To Zelensky, you can't do offensive bombing raids. You can't go outside your border. Can't go into Russian airspace. You can use them as defensive. Okay? It's really fraught with danger here. So that, I'm tracking it. Don't know for sure whether those F-16s are going to show up. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful. A lot of anxiety. And it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by faith. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine, enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe, download now, The Truth. Now, as many of you know, I, I read an enormous amount. I have to, uh, to stay ahead of everything. And I've been reading a book called Only the Dead by Jack Carr. Jack Carr writes contemporary thrillers, okay? And I don't read a lot of fiction anymore uh, because I have to read nonfiction. 
Um, but I, re- I read Carr because Carr uh, teaches me something. All right. He has a lot of credibility with me because he's a Navy SEAL. He served in Afghanistan, served in Iraq. Um, he knows. All right. And he writes about those things and he writes thrillers and they move along. OK. And I, that's another prerequisite. I can't be like trying to get through it. It has to like my books, the killing books, they have to fly through. All right. So I'm reading only the dead. And in chapter two, a paragraph I'm going to read to you, quote, the war in Ukraine was not going well from a tactical perspective. From a strategic perspective, it had exceeded beyond their, Russia's, expectations. The Americans were drawn in, funding the corrupt Ukrainian government at levels unheard of, even at the height of their follies in Iraq and Afghanistan, unquote. So joining us now from Cleveland, Ohio, is Jack Carr. And uh, thank you for your service to this country, number one. Thank you for the entertaining books, number two. And as I just uh, said, you, uh, in chapter two, kind of cast aspersions at NATO and the USA defending Ukraine. Is that your uh, opinion? Well, it's coming from a, a Russian character, in this case, a Russian intelligence official. So I like to show what I think that is in their minds and also encourage people to go a little bit deeper and maybe just not take a, uh, a singular talking point or a singular tweet as their own opinion, because we can take these lessons and hopefully apply them going f- forward in the future as wisdom. And there's a lot of lessons to learn from the situation in Ukraine. Um, but when I'm think- when we think about NATO and we think about the end of the Cold War and how many countries that used to fall under that Soviet umbrella are now a part of NATO and are right on Russia's borders, uh, I think it's important to take the enemy's perspective into account, especially if you're going to end up eventually at that negotiating table. Okay. Now, you're a sophisticated uh, analyst of these things because you were in Afghanistan, you were in Iraq combat vet, uh, led men there, you understand, I think, the big picture. And the big picture here and why I support um, the defense against Putin is because of Taiwan and Xi, you know that. And Putin himself is, uh, you know, really suffering in Ukraine. And the Russians didn't think that it would turn out this way, a stalemate pretty much, and they're losing thousands and thousands of people. So even though we're paying an enormous amount of money to prop up Ukraine, uh, it seems to me globally, as the cliche goes, it's worth it. Am I wrong? So there's there's a little more to it than just what we hear in a singular tweet from someone or a singular talking point from someone. And my hope is through reading these books that people take that extra effort to go a little deeper into it and Think about the end of the Cold War. Think about the uh, new countries that have joined NATO since then, right up against Russia's border, to put ourselves in those Russian shoes, because eventually we, the West, NATO, Ukraine, are going to end up at the negotiating table with Russia. So understanding okay, their perspective. That's, like, that's all, theor- that, Jack, that's all theoretical. I, I want to get away from the theoretical. Right now, you've got Ukraine fighting Russia to a standstill. To stalemate right now. Okay? That hurts Putin. She's watching this in China. Okay? That may inhibit him from invading Taiwan. If we didn't fight Putin with aid and all of the military stuff that NATO and the USA has given him, 
I think it'd be a lot easier for Xi to invade Taiwan. Do you disagree with that? Oh, that our response for sure to the invasion of Ukraine is teaching the Chinese something about what happens to them if they invade Taiwan. No doubt, no doubt about that. So for that reason alone, then to dissuade an invade Chinese invasion of Taiwan, then that may be a reason to continue this. And does it need to be drawn out? How long? That's the real question is how long does it need to be drawn out? What steps can we take here? Because right now, Russia might have thought this was going to go a little faster, be more and by faster, I mean World War One, World War Two, not some of their longer wars than that. And what what happened was all of that grift that's just inherent in that Russian system, even more so after the end of the Cold War, made them think they had more bullets, more people, even more tanks, more aircraft that were operable than they actually had. So now they're into this thing and they're digging deep back into the reserves, pulling out equipment that uh, comes from the 60s, the 70s, up into the 80s, but even repairing the stuff from the 80s and the 90s, that gets more difficult. So some of this older stuff we're seeing, we think it's a bad sign, but actually it works a little better because it's not as technical and they can throw a lot of it at this problem. Okay. You write about the corrupt Ukrainian government. Do you believe Zelensky's corrupt? Do you think that uh, our money is not being used the way it should be used? It'll be just interesting to do an audit. That's that's for sure. But is it any more corrupt than what we have going on here with, uh, let's say, pharmaceutical lobbyists and uh, defense lobbyists and all that? Probably by a few degrees. But uh, but I certainly uh, talk about the similarities between their system and ours. Okay, so you don't trust Zelensky. <laughs> okay, um, I don't particularly trust Zelensky either, um, and he's got full power in that country to do whatever he wants. When you saw Biden pull out of Afghanistan. It must have been personal for you. You were there. You were there with uh, the SEALs and doing uh, fighting for the freedom of that country, which was never going to happen anyway. We know that. But what did you think about Biden's pull out of Afghanistan? I mean, it's, it's so disheartening on a variety of levels, but to think that we had 20 years to prepare for this eventuality, and that is the best that we could possibly do uh, from our elected representatives to our military leadership, 20 years. And someone didn't need to have any touch points with the military, never had to read a book on strategy or tactics to look at that situation and ask a couple questions, apply some common sense to it and ask, why did we give up this tactically advantageous position here in Bagram and put our young men and women at, the, at this Kabul airport in a tactically disadvantageous position on the way out of that country. So that was the best the United States could do after 20 years at war and 20 years to prepare. And I think that's uh, contributing to our recruiting issue right now in the military. Okay, and let's get to that. A lot of people say the military's woke. Um, they're uh, doing the uh, inclusion, diversity, equity thing there. Any opinion on that? Well, if it's not going to help our country prepare for war, it certainly doesn't need to be a part of how we spend our time in the military and where we allocate our assets in the military. That should be yeah, the you, baseline. Well, but, but let me let me let me. You you know, guys still in the SEALs, active guys. Are, are they saying that it's going downhill? I have heard that it is not what it once was. I think that's the without me actually being there in those shoes, that's the uh, I'm comfortable saying that it is not, not what it once was. And it's a tough time for those guys to be in, especially coming off such a strong run from 2001 onward when we got to go downrange and do the job that we prepared to do and wanted to do. Um, yeah, it's tough for them right now.
All right, Jack. Thanks very much. The book, again, is Only the Dead, and I think you guys will enjoy it. We appreciate it, Jack. Good luck to you. Okay, San Francisco falling apart totally. Um, The report shows that half of downtown retail stores have closed. Half. All right, 95 retailers out of there. Now, since the end of COVID, 12 new stores opened. So 95 are out, 12 new stores open, two of them already quit. So, so that's 97 out and 10 operating. The reason is shoplifting, not prosecuted in San Francisco and most of California. So you can go and steal whatever you want, nothing will happen to you. You can't run a retail store there. And then you have the homeless that do whatever they want on the streets so people don't even go in. Example of stores closed, San Francisco, Brooks Brothers, Ray-Ban, uh, Lululemon, Marmot, Office Depot, Whole Foods, uh, Nordstrom's pull out of there. Uh, whole, you know, it's a disaster, absolute disaster. And this is governance from the far left. That's what it is. Every place they are falling apart. Mm. All right. So poll or study out by the Public Religion Research Institute, okay, about American switching religions. So the headline is that 25% of Americans have switched religions um, recently, okay? And here's question number one. Has there ever been a time when you were a follower practitioner of a different religion than you are now? Yes, 24. There's the one that switched. No, 75. Question number two, what is the religious tradition you left? Catholic, 37%, evangelical Christian, 13%, non-evangelical Christian, 24%, Jehovah's Wishes, 2%, Mormons, 3%, and Judaism, 1%. So the Jews are the most loyal. (laughs) Catholics are bailing. And um, I understand why, but I'm not ever going to bail because I think the theology is solid. It's the people who run it are the problem. Smart Life Harvard study forgiveness. This is interesting. So this comes out of the Harvard School of Public Health. All right. So they studied 4,600 people. They gave them a forgiveness workbook. Okay. And they told them to do mental exercises about people who had hurt them. And after two weeks, the study came back that said uh, reduce symptoms of anxiety, depression compared to those who did not get the workbook. So people who were actively trying to get past the betrayal, okay, um, and forgive were better off mentally and probably physically than those who do not. So here's the bottom line on the smart life. There is a tension, a struggle between bitterness, which is what you get when you're betrayed. Somebody hurts you, become bitter toward that person. It's human nature. If you don't, there's something wrong with you. Somebody betrays you, you become bitter to them. But then what about justice and forgiveness. So there's this, what do you do? So here, here's my smart life advice. 
If you can't do anything, if the person's not going to be sorry, not going to admit they did anything wrong, which is most of the time, the betrayers most of the time will never cop to it. Gone. Gone from your life, from your mind, from everything. Anytime you start to think of them, you think of something else. You immediately replace their image. Gone. Now, you're not trying to hurt them. You're not stalking them. You're not trying to blow up their house or their car. No. Banishment. Banishment. And then the ones who ask for forgiveness, you forget. All right? That's smart life. Stay in history, May 22nd, 1807. Aaron Burr, charged with treason. There he is. What a villain. Oh, bad, bad guy. So Aaron Burr was the vice president under Thomas Jefferson. Jefferson hated his guts. Jefferson engineered an investigation into Burr's trying to acquire Western lands through investments with foreign nations. Okay? And Jefferson got the Justice Department to indict him on charges of treason. So, um, Burr was accused of attempting to use International Connect support from a cabal of U.S. planners, politicians, army officers to establish an independent country, southwestern U.S. and parts of Mexico. However, Article 3, Section 3 of the U.S. Constitution says, if you are going to be convicted of treason, you have to have two people witnessing the treason. Jefferson could only get one. John Marshall, by the way, the first Supreme Court justice, presided over the trial. Burr was acquitted. Now, three years earlier, Burr had killed Alexander Hamilton in a duel. All right. So Burr got off, but he was ruined. Totally ruined. But he lived till 1836. We died at age 80. That is this day in history. But Aaron Burr was a bad hombre. All right, back with mail and final thought in a moment. All right, let's go to the mail. Thomas, concierge member, direct access to me. Uh, great Father's Day gift, concierge membership. Man, is that a good gift for him. And you get all signed up perk if you sign up for it. You get uh, Team Normal gear. You get everything. All right, uh, Thomas says, uh, since Joe Biden is not enforcing the law at the border, why is the House impeaching him? House could, but it would be the same thing that the Democrats did to Trump. Senate never convict Biden. So there, the House is trying to accumulate more and more information to make the impeachment, okay, stronger, which I understand. Scott, concierge member, ironically, the same people peddling the Trump-Russian collusion delusion, calling him a threat to democracy, are really the threats to democracy themselves. Good letter. They are. Lawrence Cuitico. Uh, San Diego, why can't Congress cut funding, DOJ and FBI? Yeah, they could, but they won't. They'll throw the Justice Department, in, uh, you know, federal justice into chaos. Kenny Daniels, Mechanicsville, Virginia. How much was Durham paid for the extension investigation? All right, so it's four years. I figure he's good for 500000 a year, so $2 million? Probably took around $2 million. That's salary and expenses and perks. That's what I'm figuring. Mike Albright, St. Louis, Billiard Debate uh, with Chris Cuomo over the Durham report was brilliant. All right. You had all the facts. You made me laugh. And it was pleasant to see the back and forth. So tonight, Monday, I'm on uh, News Nation 7 
10, I believe, like, tune in at 7, Leland Vittert, former Fox News guy. And then Wednesday is my regular shot on News Nation with Chris Cuomo. I'm glad you liked it. I think those are good segments. Daniel Fang, El Dorado Hills, California. What are the repercussions of being in contempt of Congress? Well, Steve Bannon, go to jail. Go to jail. Kenneth Sullivan, Gawley Bridge, West Virginia. Will anyone in the press ask President Biden why he hates America? <laughs> no, it won't. And will Biden have to debate in the primaries? No. Nobody has to debate ever. No compulsion. Pat Z, as to your comments last night concerning illegal immigrants, you said they could not be deported. No, I did not. Pat, I said they will not be deported. They're not going to round up millions of people. No matter if Trump gets reelected, no matter who it is, they're not going to do it. Don Llewellyn, Garden City, Michigan, years ago, we began supporting a group that we learned about from you. It is called independence.org. Yes, the Independence Fund, we raised more than $30 million for the severely wounded vets and police officers. They have changed their mission. They're now working veteran suicide, independencefund.org. I'm watching it now, but it's a whole different deal. Different people, different mission. And if you go to BillOReilly.com, you see the charities we support, they change because personnel changes. Now, I think independencefund.org is still a very worthy charity, but I'm watching it. Reverend David Lewis, Baltimore. I've been a premium member from the beginning. Your reportage and analysis alone worth the price of admission. Thank you, Reverend. Just wondering why we haven't heard from Woodward and Bernstein in the wake of the Durham report, because they hate Trump, both of them. They're, they're, they're not reporters anymore. You know, they're in, in the swamp. Richard Dick, Murphy, North Carolina, the replay of your debate with Jon Stewart was worth the price of my annual premium membership. And I'm glad you pointed it out. Only premium and concierge memberships got to see the rumble in the air-conditioned auditorium that we ran last Thursday night. Yeah, it's just for you guys. It was hysterical. I mean, hard to believe that was 10 years ago. Diane... Um, the rumble was a treat. I had forgotten about it. I'm sad, though. The 10 years have passed and the issues you discussed have all worsened. Very good, Diane. That's, that's very, very true. Stuart Johnson, Rockport, Maine. Nice town. Atheism, nothing there. And that's, now I get it. Took a while. Took a while for Stuart to get it. Nothing there, no God. Right. I will be ordering those bumper stickers. Okay. Stand up for the deity. Atheism, nothing there, bumper stickers. And we're giving, you buy anything, you get them free. You can buy packs of them. They're cheap. Not cheap, they're inexpensive. Um, Ed Moore, New Haven, Connecticut, just finished uh, Killing the Legends. Great book. Read them all. What's next? All right, now listen up, Ed, because I've said this a thousand times. Killing the Witches. The Horror of Salem, Massachusetts comes out September 26th. Pre-order now. I think we're throwing in stickers if you, uh, if you order Killing the Witches or something. I mean, great Father's Day gifts, Team Normal gear. Uh, just go to the BillOReilly.com store. Make Dad happy. I know people put it off, but it's coming up. So, you know, when we run out of stuff, we can't reorder that fast. So get the Team Normal gear and the two books. I'm giving you what? I'm giving you Legends and Killing the Mob for only 18 bucks. Or Crazy Horse in the United States Trump for 18 bucks. My God. We're giving them to you. All right. We'll be back with a, oh, no, word of the day. Do not be 
do not gas canade g-a-s-c-o-n-a-d-e do not gas canade when writing to me bill at billoreilly.com bill at billoreilly.com name in town if you wish to opine right back with the final thought about um buying stuff all right here is the final thought of the day so i'm out and about on long island uh, this weekend and i got invited to dinner a friend made spaghetti and white clams so I was, this guy is the best it's an italian guy Oh, man, I can't tell you how good that is. So I always bring dessert or wine or something like that. But I, I, I said I get dessert. So I walked into this bakery upscale. And there's the pastries, but they don't have prices on the pastries. So there's these little tarts. And I mean, they were little. All right. They were key lime tarts. So I figured I get three of those. All right. But that's really not enough because they were so small. So I get three of these dessert croissants. So I got six really tiny items. I'm figuring about 22, 23 bucks. All right, tops. And remember, no prices on them. So the girl behind the counter barely speak English. Barely is, you know, $30. She got $30. I said, $30? It's five bucks a piece for these things? Like you could buy two bites, they're gone. He goes, oh, $30. I said, keep them. All right. So I walk out. I go to another place. I buy three enormous Apple turnovers for $18. Okay. Next day, and the Apple turnovers really went over big. They were good. Next day, I'm talking to a friend of mine. He goes, and I tell him the story. And he goes, what's the reality? You have plenty of money. You could buy a five. I said, it's not about the money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not about it, money. It's about justice in bakeries, in baked goods. They were stealing. That wasn't near close. 30 bucks for that? It might have cost them six or seven to make those things. And that's tops. All right? I said, look, it's not about it. I mean, I don't want people stealing from me. And he looked at me and he goes, well, life's too short. I said, no, this is important. It's little things that add up. If nobody went into that place, then they'd have to drop their prices. If everybody was like a curmudgeon like me, <laughs> anyway, I'd like to know what you think. All right. Should I have bought the 30 bucks when I knew it wasn't worth anything like that? And, I, and they were happy with the turnovers at 18. And it wasn't about the money. And I won't go into that bakery anymore because they're, they're I'm not going to say they're thieves, but they're taking advantage. All right. That is this edition of the No Spin News. Thank you for watching and listening on the radio. And we'll see you again tomorrow.